Hi, I'm Dan from Desert Island Dicks, and as I mentioned on our last episode of Top of the Cox, which was a music special, we're doing music-themed episodes this week uh, because it's the Brit Awards, and we thought, well, that's a nice thing to loosely hang some content off. So uh, today we've got a special musical guest. It's none other than the original bass player from the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock, and we had a good time choosing horrible people and things for the island and talking about that. We only had a limited amount of time with him, but you know, if you get to speak to one of the Sex Pistols, you got to grab that with both hands, so I hope you enjoy this one. As ever, we've got more episodes coming your way soon. We'll have a new episode of Compact Dicks this Friday, which is where you get to choose your people and things that you would hate to be stuck on an island with, so let us know who and what you'd hate to be stuck with. Go to dickspod.com contact, or you can go to dickspod on Twitter or Instagram and leave us a message there as well, and we'll hopefully get you into the next Compact Dicks podcast. Okay, that's enough of this for now. Let's get on with the show, shall we? Here's Glenn Matlock of the Sex Pistols on Desert Island Dicks. Hi, I'm Dan Benedictus and welcome to Desert Island Dicks, the show that sees you marooned on a desert island after a plane crash with the worst people and worst things imaginable. Who they are and why they're a dick is up to our guest and here to share their Desert Island Dicks with us today is musician and former bassist from the Sex Pistols, Glenn Matlock. How are you doing? All right, Dan, how are you doing? Right, this plane crash. Yeah. Do we su- do we survive unscathed? I'm going to say you're all on the island unscathed. There's no limp or ingrowing toenails or anything like that. I mean, only if you had those things before, but I'm going to say you get out unscathed. It's a soft landing. Yeah, okay. Now, obviously, Glenn, you're, we're in one of the most sort of famously outspoken bands of all time, and, and your new album, I mean, your new single is called Head on a Stick, so obviously... Yep. You know, music-wise, you're you're fine with being outspoken and talking to authority. I, I think I think I think it goes with the territory. Really, I can't see the point of being a musician and not trying to have a go, have a go. I don't know. If we're always successful of having something to say that things that are going on around you. And I think anything else is an abrogation of responsibility. Hmm, fair enough. But I mean, in in daily life, do you have a bit of a temper? Do you like to rant or confront people, or are you a bit more easygoing? No, I'm I'm, I'm quite quite easygoing. What I like doing every morning, I get up and check my email, some of my emails, and I wander around the coffee coffee shop. And there's a coffee little French coffee shop that's always open late, but they got a built-in bench outside, and I sit in the corner with my cross on and my cappuccino, and I kind of inwardly scoff at some of the neighbours who've been to the general purpose shop and have come back with their daily mail under their arm. <laughs> so I kind of got them numbered. <laughs> sometimes I take them to task. Oh, it's not the politics. It'd be, it'd be like reading the TV page. Oh, we like reading the small page. <laughs> well, I'm sure we're all... Uh, eager to hear who you're going to choose. So, uh, who's going to be the first dick joining you on the island? Well, some some of these people I don't really like to speak their name, but I think one of the most horrendous slithering toads in public life. And there's another reason why I'll get on to in a minute is Michael Gove. Okay, yeah, right. I think he's a nasty, duplicitous toy rag. And also, I'm a Queens Park Rangers fan, right? And tail end of um covid when it had opened up a little bit i went to see queen's park rangers play millwall and to get a ticket you have to be a member of queen's park rangers to get a ticket in the way and when you go there on the train 
they, they escort you off the train because there used to be a bit of trouble at Millwall. And you can only go, if there's like a cage passageway that takes you into the, the away end. And now I'm sitting there. And come half time, we're losing 2 0, and my attention is wandering. I look round a bit, and about two or three steps down, but just the other side of the gangway that goes down, who's sitting there? Michael Blinking Gove, as bold as brass. And I don't know how he can even dare go out of the house. But the thing was, to get a ticket, he must have been a Queen's Park Rangers fan, and I was livid about it. So, and then. Mm. It, because it was the tail end of COVID and we wasn't doing very well, and I really rarely do this, but I didn't want to get caught up in the train with all the some of the Herberts going back. So me and my son left about ten minutes before, him and I said, "Have you noticed it's Michael Gove there?" And he said, "Yeah." He said, "I've got to say something to him." And I said, "Well, be careful what you say." So as he walked down the steps, he had a right guard, Michael Gove, right, and he didn't know what hit him, and he turned round to look to some moral backup, you know, from somebody who's this young kid having a go at me. And he looked at me. <laughs> Didn't know what had hit him. <laughs> Didn't know what had hit him. And then on the train back, I said, Lou, let me come all this way to Millwall. Then we've lost, you know, and it's cold. And he said, yeah, but at least I had a chance to have a go at Michael Gove. Because he's a musician too, you know. Yeah. Brexit has really affected blokes like us. So. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah, it's just, I suppose you're right. There is that sort of, like you say, duplicitous nature with him. Like, there's lots of politicians we kind of don't trust and assume that they just sort of say whatever they whatever they feel that day. With Michael Gove, it's really obvious that he could just switch sides at any moment and do whatever he wants, yeah. you know. Yeah, and then there's another, another bloke, like, if you want to move on to the next one, is switching sides is Johnson. Yeah. Horrible. You know when we're on a desert island, mm. Do we get any implements? You know, <laughs> like a shovel or a spade or something like that. I'm going to say it's whatever you can salvage off the plane or make yourself, you know. Well, I think I'd probably get, you know, the fold-down bit on the back where you, where you put your dinner. The tray table, yeah. Yeah, and somehow get a, a pole <laughs> and strap that to that. And presumably it's a desert island, there's sand, mm. and it's not too much like hard work. I kind of make it into a bit of a shovel. And then where you go back, where the undergrowth starts, you could probably dig like a a bear pit, you know, and there might be a few shards of broken glass or something left over from the plane. And then just go and stay on the other side. Hey, Johnson, I've got something to sell you. <laughs> back in him and boof. Done. There you go. <laughs> and then could end up serving as the latrine for the rest of the duration. <laughs> Do you know what? A very proud moment of mine as, as a dad was uh, when my son, who's five years old, on the way to school, he goes, um, me and my friends were talking about how we could best capture Boris Johnson. And I was like, oh, really? He goes, yeah. My, no. my friend said, uh, I'll hide in his loft and then I'll pour water on him. And I was like, okay, that's good. I was like, what, what are you going to do? He said, I'd get him in a big net and then we'll, and then we'll take him to the police. And I was like... This is, I'm so proud of it's you. It's fantastic. Yeah, great. Five, wow. He goes, it took me a while to finish my my colouring in because we were talking about it so much. And I was like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's, great. That's what we want. Yeah. New breed of people who don't have bad, haven't had the wall pulled over their eyes. So I don't know how anybody falls for them, you know. It's so weird, isn't it? Because people just sort of go, oh, but he's just like, just a bit of a lad or a bit of a nice bloke. And they say it about F- Farage as well because occasionally you see him with a pint and it's like... I know you like having a pint, and he likes having a pint. That doesn't mean that he's that it excuses everything else he does. No, well, I think that's, that's a cop out, isn't it? Really. Yeah. So if we got move on to the, the third person, is it is a whole list of contenders? But I personally like Farage mm. 
purely because I'm not a bad swimmer. Just thinking, you know, we have to escape from the plane and you have to swim to the shore. And then Farage, I don't think he's the fittest bloke in the world. Not saying that I am. But then he'd be coming. And he'd known him, he'd probably half-inched one of the rubber dinghies off of the plane. And as he's getting closer, I say, no, no, you're not allowed to land on our shores. <laughs> you're banned. <laughs> And and then it'll be a bit of taste of his own medicine and see how he likes it. Yeah, that would be satisfying as well. Yeah, I mean, that, if there's one thing that could top you sort of having a go at Michael Gove at a football match, then I think it's denying Farage entry onto your island. I think. Yeah, that'd be cool. And and what I could do is because there probably would be a great deal to do on a desert island, apart from you know making sure Johnson's still down this sort of whole bear trap (laughs) latrine kind of thing is just patrol up and down the beach and going michael i said no (laughs) you know like for the far show and like that (laughs) (laughs) yeah definitely i think i mean i think all your choices are very strong and um i know it's going to make our listeners happy i just had someone message me the other day just saying god i wish i could put all that lot on the island so um, there's one listener in particular i think will be especially happy but i suppose they all represent that total erosion of like any kind of responsibility and and um you know from public figures where you can just say anything and it's like Oh right, and and that's just you're just going to get away with that, and then you know it is so much more damaging than just what they do at the time. It's like the legacy of like of lying and distrust and just sort of getting away with it, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's sort of gaslighting. I think the current term is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you sort of feel like do you feel there's much hope in it at the minute? Or like- I do. That's why I've called my album "Consequences Coming" because I think people are beginning to wise up a little bit. And it's a positive thing. Not that we're going to get consequences coming. They're going to get consequences coming and they come unstuck. I personally like to see the over here, the Tories decimated and the Republicans in the States the same. And anybody who's got that kind of been pushing for this right wing lurch to the far right, well, I don't know. I mean, you know, I'm not Che Guevara. I'm not Tarragalli. But I know what's right and what's wrong, I feel, anyway. Mm. So I'll yeah. speak my mind about it. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, uh, it's it's sort of hard to these days, like especially if you've got kids or whatever, and you think, how can you tell anyone what's sort of right and wrong when like not only do people get away with it, but they seem to do so well out of being doing the opposite. Because you know, they're the- all in it together, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. And it's all this sort of vested interest press and, you know, all these newspapers run by people who are domiciled abroad and don't have any real stake in England apart from milking it. Mm. Yeah, mm. fair enough. Well, look, you're off to a great start with an island full of complete dicks. So, uh, yeah, we got the people nailed there. What's, what's the island called? Is it Dick Island? Haven't you got no fire yet? No, we just we just say it's an island. I mean, you can call it that if you want to plant a flag in it. Yeah, so you've got to be careful because I'll be on it too. So I don't want to be... Um, I don't want to have my passport stamped that I've been in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, maybe you could sort of name it yourself and call it something that would just antagonise the people that you're with. Yeah. Because you have a history of being an artist as well, so, you know, I guess you could knock up the flag, and if they all left it to you, then they wouldn't get any say when you've hoist it up. That's true, yeah. Well, I could just do it when they're not around, you know. Well, they're foraging or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, and if you've planted the flag, then you know you get to say it's yours. So. Uh... Yeah, but presumably, if it was a plain load of people and there's only three right wrongs on there, mm. the rest of the people would be reasonable 
yeah yeah well we hope so i mean i think at the minute you know we're putting you with just these three people so oh just me and them yeah four of us yeah i mean i don't know what's going to happen after that point maybe more people will wash up you're a hard man (laughs) it's the first time anyone's called me that (laughs) (laughs) oh let's not go there (laughs) (laughs) all right now uh mercifully amongst the wreckage of the plane there was some food and drink left over unfortunately for you it's your least favorite food and drink in the world what are they and why are they so bad right well i remember going around with park when i was a kid then one of the coconut you know where you win one off the and we got one but over here, you don't get much milk in the cocoa. You think it's going to be all juicy and sweet, and it weren't as hard, but I ate it anyway. And then I went on the Big Dipper, and I was violently sick, and I've had an aversion to coconut ever since then. Oh. I don't I mind coconut milk, and I've been quite nice. been to Brazil a couple of times. When you go along Ipanema Beach, there's these little sort of ice cream cellars, but they have a big fridge, you know, where you slide the mm. top and you have to go in it, and they have ice-cold green coconuts. They make you up a cocktail, and it was what's the um, Cipriana? Oh, uh, Caipirinha. Yeah, but no, or you can just have a coconut with a straw in it, bloke knocks the top off with a machete, and there you go, it's great. But I can't stand the flesh of a coconut for some reason. Well, the reason is, is because I was violently Moby Dick mm. for, for being on a Big Dipper when I was about five years old. And, I mean, it's quite a quite a bad one to be stuck with because, obviously, on a desert island, we're assuming... Desert island. ...you're going to have a few coconuts as well, so... They're, 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 they're the green ones, hopefully, not those horrible, brown, shriveled, airy ones. Well, yeah, but if we're making, like, the worst island possible for you, we're going to have to assume they're... they're, they're the, we're going to get green ones. You're going to get the crap ones. I told you. You're a hard man. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, maybe it's just that the shady bastards you're on the island with have probably nicked them all and, uh, you know, done something with them or squandered them away, not even done anything useful with them, but just left you with a big coconut deficit and you've just got the little crap bits. I mean, I think that I could see that being how it went with those three on the island. Well, I think I'll probably end up losing a few pounds in that case. (laughs) Okay, and uh, what would your drink choice be? Well, we're going back to the green coconut there. Yeah. Again, again now. Um, I'm not a big boozer these days. In fact, I'm not the boozer on the other. I do like my coffee. Coffee comes from Brazil. They've got some little islands off of there. It might be, you know, through a bit of exploring and um, in between patrolling the beach and making sure a virage didn't come aboard, might find the remnants of an old coffee plantation. Mm-hmm. So I could. Do we have in? Do we have internet or the phone or anything like that? Well, I don't know. Only if you could cobble it together from stuff on the plane. But you like coffee, don't you? So it's got to be your worst drink to be stuck with. Oh, it's the worst yeah. one. Well, no, and there's two sides to that. Because if I made coffee and it wasn't very good, which it probably wouldn't be, that's even worse than having no coffee. Yeah. See the see the way I got out of that without. <laughs> <laughs> very good. Very good. Yeah, I often think it's often worse to have something that's so close to something that you could absolutely love there. Like, you know, like I, I find sparkling water really annoying, you know. Oh, do you? And, and I find like if I only had sparkling water to drink, it would absolutely do my head in because water would be so great on an island. But um, Well, let's see, I like sparkling water because hmm. I like the way it dances on your tongue, right? <laughs> but when you go to the fridge sometimes, they get one out and somebody hasn't put the lid on properly and it's gone hmm. flat. That's pretty bad. Flat sparkling water is really worse than flat than still water. Yeah. So maybe salvaged a few things from the aeroplane. 
Okay. So maybe we can have like a just a really bad little drink set for you. So you've got like flat sparkling water to go with your bad homemade coffee. Yeah, bit bitter coffee. It would be bitter. It'd be like yeah. you go, you go, ah, oh, like that. There got to be one more drink. No, no, no. That's it. It's just just one food and one drink. But I'm just giving you two drinks because we started talking about it. And I thought, All right. okay, you've had a hard time. So let's. I'll, I'll give you. An extra yeah, I'm drink. on a desert island with with free herbs, and it's not exactly you know the Fourth of July for it, is it? <laughs> All right. Well, Glenn, fortunately, you won't be without entertainment on the island. The plane's entertainment system continues to work, but just your luck, it only has two working settings. One is your least favourite film of all time, and the other is your least favourite song. What are they and why? Right. Well, I, my son wanted to go and see, when he was about 11, Jack Black in a movie mm-hmm. about wrestling in Mexico. Oh, yeah. Uh, is it Nacho Libre? Yeah, that's it. And, right, I like Jack Black. I like Mexican wrestling. Not I follow it that much, but I like the masks they wear and, mm. and all that. In Palma, in in, um, in Mallorca, there's a really nice hotel right by the main square, and when you go in there, normally to just get a coffee, use the cars because it's expensive, but behind the reception, they got about 40 different uh, what do they call? There's a name for the um, for the wrestling pit with something of doors, luchadors, yeah. luchadors marches, and masks. It looks fantastic. But like in all that, like in Mexico, actually, I'm going off there with Blondie in about a month's time. And like in Jack Black, I went with my son to see this movie, and it was the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. It was dreadful. So that I wouldn't like to have to sit through that again. Yeah, yeah, he's um. It can be a bit hit or miss sometimes. Yeah, like I don't have an issue with him, broadly speaking, but yeah, there's, there are some stinkers in there as well. Yeah, I would have it as one of them, but you might like it. But, you know, beauty is in the eye of the beholder, as they say. Can you remember exactly what it was that you, you disliked about it? I'm trying to put it out of my mind, to be honest. <laughs> it was that bad. It just Every every joke was kind of really laboured and you could see it coming. Mm. Um, and it didn't really strike me as much as... a proper luchador type because I actually went to some award summer and he was there and you think he's this big bloke he's tiny oh really he's really he only come up my shoulder I'm not the biggest bloke in the world so mm. he's a little fella so. <laughs> yeah I wonder if sometimes like it's worse being stuck with a bad comedy than just a normal bad film because you know like if it's just a shit film I don't know if it's easier to get through than something when it's just not making you laugh over and over again. I, 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 can, I can see that, yeah. You're not supposed to laugh, so you don't. And it's like, yeah, you know. But when it's supposed to laugh and you can see it coming and it's still not funny and you know there's been all these script writers working on it and you know that they've all collectively had an off year while I was hassling to get the film together and get it funded and get it made and it's gone through some executive and they all thought it was funny, you think... What a waste of not only your time, but mine. Yeah, 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 definitely. And uh, what would your song choice be? Is it just one song, or is it an idiom of music? Well, you can have either, really. I'll let you have like, say, if you pick a genre, then you know we'll just give you a compilation or something. But um, but yeah, it's up to you. I, I don't like bad country and western music. Mm. But then yeah. again, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Boom, boom, boom. As a bass player, boom, 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 boom. Wears a bit thin after a while. Mm. What's the worst kind of music though? I don't really like 
I don't think I'd like to be stuck with Lou Reed's Metal Machine music for too long. Oh, yeah, that was uh, that's a tricky listen, isn't it? Yeah, it's a tricky listen. Because there's a rumour, I don't know, you might have heard more about this than me, but there's a, that sort of rumour that he just did it to annoy the record company because he had like a contractual obligation to do a certain number of things. And yeah, contractual commitments. So, so just turned that in. Yeah, I, I think if I had to listen to that, well, I wouldn't really. You know, if I had to play it, I'd probably go like that, you know, with my fingers in my ears. But if he wants to annoy the record cover, that's fine. He ain't going to get to annoy me. <laughs> It'd probably be quite good for annoying um, Johnson and Gove and Farage, though. So that's something. Just stick it on really loud and go to that's, the other side of the island. That, yeah, yeah. So I don't have to be within earshot. I think you can make your own way around the island. So, yeah, I mean, it would be quite good to yeah, sort of an anti, anti-right-wing siren. Maybe a speaker pointing down this bear trap kind of pit. Well, the Johnson trap that I built. Based on what they're like, you could probably kind of get on their tits quite a lot with some of the Sex Pistols music, I imagine, as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's that. But then, you know, you'd need need some equipment and some instruments and Hmm. lead singer. Have you ever had that thing where, um, because, you know, famously, sometimes like politicians adopt a certain song. I think it's obviously less likely with with the Sex Pistols or some of your work. But, you know, sometimes like you have, was it David Cameron really liked eating rifles and Paul Weller got really pissed off with him? I mean, that must be a horrible situation to be in as a musician. Yeah, it must be. Um, It hasn't happened as yet. Mm. But we do get approached for things and everybody has a vote on what songs can be used and it has to be a majority thing, so maybe it would have come up, but it didn't. But it's when things like that tend to happen when people don't realise they have to approach the people who own the copyright. You know, mm. I know Trump ended up with next to nobody, and I know they was going to do that Brexit museum with benefits, and they couldn't put that to knock it on the head because there weren't mm. any. Yeah. Or... Even worse, have right said Fred. Yeah, because they're all they're quite conspiracy theorists now, aren't they? They're like very anti-vax sort of same, thing. Yeah, seems like that. Might have a point about that, but there's something about them, right said Fred. Yeah, do you want to? You mentioned Paul Weller. Yeah. Then you mentioned right said Fred. Story I heard: Paul Weller's dad, John, used to manage him. The jam, where he managed the jam and all that. And I think this is a long time ago now. But the story about, and I knew John, he was a nice bloke, and he went to see the record company about. Paul's new stuff and the guy listened to it and he said thing is John it's all changed a bit since back then you know when a jam were number one everywhere and all that he said I mean right said Fred a number one in the states now and John went well that's it I'm giving up if Bernard Cribbins is number one in America (laughs) (laughs) very good (laughs) nice Purportedly true, but um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Glenn, finally, the island is overrun by the biggest dick of all the animals. Which animal is it and why? I don't, know, I don't like most animals. Is it, do we dislike them because they're dangerous or just because they're... It's up to you, yeah. I mean, it can be I mean, anything big or small down to, like, you know, tiny mosquito to a, I don't know, a big shark or something. So, um, yeah. I, I kind of like most dogs, but I can't stand Yorkshire Terriers. Okay. Because the blokes who live above me upstairs have got one. It's yappy in lockdown. They were leaving bags of poo on the doorstep because they were too asked to take it down the street and put it in the bin. And they bang up and down stairs so it can have a pee at the end of the street every night. Mm. And they wander around like elef- elephants. Mm. So... I'm not that keen on Yorkshire Terriers at Rome. Okay. It's not really it's not really the dog itself, although they are a bit yappy. 
don't like it when people put bows in their hair because that's really namby pamby. Mm. But it's a Yorkshire Terrier's got loads of connotations for me. Yeah, fair enough. Is that fair enough? I mean, I, you know, I'm not talking about armadillos or <laughs> lemurs. Can live with them. Yeah. Big gorilla. Yeah, good for him. <laughs> that big gorilla might be Andy shinning up the tree and slinging us a few green coconuts down <laughs> but yeah, I'm not allowed to have them but at least I could know that they was there might also take out some of the other inhabitants on the island so you never know like he might see Johnson think he's a kind of silverback he might do even yeah. worse <laughs> 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 okay Glenn well look you've done a great job today picking an island of, of things you hate done a good job there and I think I wouldn't want to spend any time there either with the people you've picked so um Right, it's okay, a, so we'll, we'll put that one. If there was a treasure island map, you know, an X marks the spots, but underneath somewhere else it normally says, there be dragons. <laughs> We'd be under the there be dragons bit, right? Yeah, I think so, I think yeah, so. Yeah, um, bit to me like the east end of London, but there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, Glenn, let's talk about your album a bit, because you've got the single out now. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, I forgot all about it. And uh, the album's out in like April, isn't it? But you've got... End of April, yeah. You've got the Head and the Stick single came out last Friday to good reaction. Been getting a bit of play here and there. I like it. Um, I think if I had to describe it, I would call it a spleen-venting toe tapper. <laughs> okay, yeah. Right, then it's kind of S-V-T-T which actually sounds like something you might have to go down a clinic for, but it's not. <laughs> okay, yeah. So you can go to a record shop instead. <laughs> yeah, and the album's out at the, the end of April, so... And the, yeah, and you say it's, it's sort of like a lot of the things, I guess, stuff that we've been talking about as well, like sort of frustrations about society and, and things shifting to the right and that kind of thing. Yeah, this it's my outlet for it. Um, you know, I kind of wonder how many songwriters end up on the psychiatrist's couch because by writing a song, or if you was a journalist or a novelist, you got an outlet for your ire and angst. So mm. it's good to get out of your system. I like getting to New York, right? And if somebody does something wrong in the street, I go, hey, what do you mean, you fucking yeah, you? And they mm. don't really mean it, but they're just getting it out of their system, you know? And that's mm. kind of cool. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's that. But I think there's some good tunes on it. There's some great musicians on it, players, and I think it's all come together in a nicely formed pian to our times. There you go. I would say that though, wouldn't I? Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll all check it out. Thank you so much, Glenn, for coming on the podcast. A real pleasure to meet you. Thanks for having us, Dan. My nigga. Glenn Matlock there for you on Desert Island Dicks. As I say, we had a limited amount of time with him, but uh, yeah, we obviously couldn't turn him down as a guest. Uh, it was an honour to speak to him. If you're a new or regular listener to the show, thank you so much for listening. It really means a lot. And if you could leave us a rating or a review, that would be really helpful for us. It, it makes a big difference where we show up in the charts and things like that. It's all to do with boring algorithms, blah, blah, blah. But in short, it's really helpful. So if you could do that, we would really appreciate it. We're really busy behind the scenes bringing you more episodes. Um, got loads recorded, loads to put out soon. So hopefully you will enjoy what's coming your way. It's 
all free. So, you know, a little review would be lovely. And uh, I think that's about it. Desert Island Dicks is a sync clap production. It was created and produced by James Deacon. It was produced and presented by me, Dan Benedictus. And as always, big thanks to mighty John Deacon for all his help behind the scenes, helping us kind of keep track of the archive and the back catalogue. Um, obviously, earlier in the week, we did a Top of the Cox episode with a few old episodes. And it's well worth checking out those episodes in full as well, because they're really good. And we've got like over 200 of them all on Spotify and wherever else you get your podcasts. So go and have a listen. Um, I think that's about it for me. We'll be back very soon. So thanks again for listening. Bye.